Chapter 4 The next morning, Jada rose from her slumber with a long stretch across her naked body. Covered partially by silk sheets, Legis' bare, strong back was a beautiful sight to behold. Jada reached over to gently touch him, moaning a little as the recollection of their night together billowed into her mind. Then, she shut up straight in the bed as the rest of her memories swept away her fogginess. Her sister was alive. She'd committed a terrible crime with the new ruler of the Sky Colonies. She was a significant risk to Legis because of her compassion for the Earth Colonies. If she didn't assist in their destruction, she and Legis could both be flogged and executed. Yet... None of these felt as jarring and dangerous as the incident that ended their day. There's a stranger in my home. Jada and Legis were indeed assigned a different kind of guard last night. Milo may have looked innocent enough, but Elian's tone was revealing. Somehow the couple had found themselves caught in a political war between the royals and the order that inadvertently put a target on their backs. Legis had initially seemed blind to this as Milo accompanied them home. He was still high off the recognition this directive seemed to imply. It was only when they had to prepare a room for their unexpected guest that the reality of the imposition struck him. He'd thrown a panicked glance over to Jada as the walls of the implied censorship closed in on them both. Jada made love to him that night, not only because he needed it, but because she did too. For every heaving chest and quickened breath, they pushed the unwelcomed presence further away from their minds. Their sensual cries echoed throughout the corridors of their home, gracing the cheeks of the restless Milo with reddening hues. As Jada adorned her nakedness with a plush morning robe, Legis stirred and then whispered, Is she really here? He too had hoped Milo's presence was a bad dream. We should head down for breakfast, Jada said quietly, now conscious of her volume. She internally groaned at her lack of awareness the night before. It is her first time here, and I'm sure it will be quite strange compared to what she's accustomed to at the Order. The temples of the Order contained relatively simple establishments for junior priestesses and priests. The single beds and small rooms weren't because of a space limitation. The grounds for the temples were quite large. From the age of 16, families in the Order dedicated the juniors into service. Placing them in these limited housings was meant to free them from their attachments to all that may distract from the voice of Jael. However, being born of the hereditary line of the order no longer implied that one would hear Jael's voice. Jael had seemed to grow increasingly selective when she chose her vessels within the order. Those juniors who couldn't access Jael's voice by the age of 18 were placed into other services, whether attending to the priests and priestesses, maintaining the grounds, or, even worse, being ignored and looked down on by the priesthood. It was why Milo and Zigil, both seventeen and without evidence of that sacred hearing, enthusiastically agreed to serve in the secretive task force. Having an almost guaranteed placement into the priesthood, regardless of access to Giles' voice, meant being showered with the most stunning homes, luxuries, and respect. After Jada and Legis finished getting dressed, they headed down to the dining area where a nervous Milo sat. Milo had never seen such beauty within a home. Being of humble origins, her mother and father cleaners on the temple grounds, her life had been a simple one. Now, surrounded by servants who offered her mouth-watering food and lush drinks at every turn, Milo felt inadequate and out of place. 
Seeing Jada and Legis decked off in splendor contrasted to her simple gray junior linings didn't help. Milo rose awkwardly to her feet, bumping into the table as she stammered, Good morning. Legis and Jada responded in kind with a cold, robotic tone. Breakfast was their time together before the hustle and bustle of the day began. Once the servers finished placing the meal, the couple would usually dismiss them so they could chat freely about the day's affairs. Then, they would stroll to the Skyview balcony to throw naughty, loving words into the morning breeze while exchanging passionate kisses of well wishes for the day. Today, they stared at each other while the servants stared at them, everyone unsure of how to behave. As Jada observed the junior, head bent almost parallel to her plate, she felt a shot of compassion for how uncomfortable Milo seemed. Milo likely hadn't asked for this fate, hadn't predicted it in a thousand years, just like Jada hadn't asked to hear Jael's voice. I wonder if she also hears Jael, and if she does, what does Jael say to her? A fresh bud of curiosity grew within Jada. Perhaps she could make the best of the worst situation and try to understand more about Jael and the sphere. Taking a deep breath, Jada started. Welcome to our home. Well, it's your home now as well, for as long as High Priestess Elian desires. We do hope you will enjoy your stay with us, even outside of your duties. Legia shot Jada an appreciative look for the kindness he couldn't yet bring himself to muster. Thank you, Milo said softly, with a hint of relief at the warmth she sensed in Jada. The rest of the meal passed with a polite conversation about the Eleven's ball the night before and the crowning ceremony scheduled for that day. They were all relieved when it was over, having survived it peaceably, at least until Milo asked, What time should I be ready to accompany you both to the ceremony this evening? The stiffness was instant, with lips pulled tightly as Jada and Legia suggested a suitable time. This new reality was not easy to accept. Still, the unfolding shock of the day was yet to reach another high point. When Legis headed out to his meeting with the forces, Milo insisted she stay with Jada. Zora groaned and held her head at breakfast, still nursing the migraine of the century from the festivities of the night before. Vlad grinned across the table, shaking his head and mocking her weak countenance in holding her liquor. Oh, I held it just fine, Zora shot back. It was you who decided the night was far from over when we arrived here. What did you put in that concoction? Vlad listed an array of ingredients so potently drugged that Zora's face became increasingly full of rage. It was when he mentioned mush, a variety of mushrooms exclusive to the Earth colonies due to their inability to grow at the sky colony's altitude, that Zora's anger instantly stopped. She narrowed her eyes to meet Vlad's unflinching gaze. Are you baiting me, or did you just make a mistake? Zora started slowly. Either way, care to explain your access to mush? Vlad grinned. You're quick with that mind of yours. Despite your rampant disrespect for royalty with these direct questions, I must admit it's growing on me. Still, I've given you quite the leash thus far since your head's clearly been banged up after all. You did just miraculously ascend and survive the shockers. But it's a new day. Time to adjust that behavior. Zora could have screamed at him for his arrogance. Instead, she dryly responded, Oh, your supremacy, I'm so sorry, consider me fully adjusted. Vlad burst into laughter, enjoying the game far too much to want anything changed about his pretend sister. 
You do remind me of her so much, my Tamino, he said softly after catching his breath. Zora sensed the story, but felt his walls quickly closing in as he continued. We need to prepare you for the crowning ceremony today. You could have done what you wanted at the Eleven yesterday because, well, we royals have been known to spit upon the arrogant practices of the Order. Zora scuffed. Ignoring her, Vlad persisted. But today, under royal ceremonial guidelines, it is crucial to our deception that you can follow suit with all that will be asked of you. Asked of me? Zora balked. Yes, Tamina, sister of the King of the Sky Colonies, he droned on. Things will be asked of you given your presence here and with you being my only familial relation. What about your parents? Don't you have those? Aren't they coming? Or are they also unable to stand you? Zora quipped back. A flash of surprisingly human sorrow plunged Vlad's face into a frown. They're dead, he stated flatly, and then moved on to the details of the ceremony as though what he'd said didn't even matter. Zora's thoughts towards him softened. There's much more to this Vlad than meets the eye. Still, as he authoritatively addressed her with lists of instructions on how to walk, talk, and even merely be, Zora easily shoved away her sliver of curious compassion. Vlad had a way of triggering her last nerve. It didn't help that she knew the truth about how the royals, like the Order, had been able to dominate this new planet. They'd come from a line of engineers and scientists who Jael had inexplicably drawn to the planetary portal on the old Earth. This portal had appeared in multiple places while still retaining its oneness, an omnipresence that had puzzled even the brightest among them. Unlike the ancestors of the Order, who were obsessed with the esoteric and spiritual, the early royals were fanatical about the planet's technological potential. They were the ones who spent years experimenting with the strange metals that made up the spheres. However, they could only identify its gold properties, not the other metals that quivered with life. Still, that didn't stop them from finding ways to utilize what the Order saw as the magic of the spheres, a quality the scientists and engineers saw as mere equations. It didn't take these scientific minds very long to control all the technological assets on the new Earth through the hoarding of their knowledge and understanding. Anyone wishing to accomplish anything from building a home to powering a light had to come to them. Teaching only their families the tricks of the trade, they soon amassed power and wealth with each brilliant hypothesis and successful experiment. Despite the first priestesses and priests having access to the voice of Jael, they didn't know how to do any of what the engineers and scientists could do. A bargain was struck, a treaty of sorts that allowed the scientific minds to barter their way into royalty in exchange for technologically enabling the order. It was the royals who discovered how to float the sky colonies upon the towers by using the Goldberg sphere to create a gravitational atmosphere conducive to sustaining air and life. It was a crucial discovery when opposition arose from those who believed both the royals and the order had taken advantage of the others. Some claimed others outside of the order could hear Giles' voice. The Order opposed it as blasphemy, denying the messages given to the others, calling them lowly, desperate people seeking power. With the help of the royals, they rounded up those who claimed such divine access outside of the Order. Then, they executed them as heretics. A civil war broke out. Those who sided with the royals and the Order fled to the sky colonies to defend themselves from there. That was the day a line was drawn between the earth and the sky. The royals took their place upon the throne, promising to keep the sky colonies rising higher each year, 
with the understanding, of course, that the order would mostly stay out of their way. If the order chose to interfere, the royals promised to descend the sky cities into the chaos below. The order never appreciated the stronghold the royals held over them. Still, they also knew they needed them, for now. Secretly, however, the order had been slowly learning the ways of technology by conducting off-the-book experiments. They had seen most of their success in the two years they were the de facto rulers of the Sky Colonies. Vlad's presence and interest in the capital's affairs were an unexpected twist in their plans. By the time Vlad completed teaching his training course on how to be a royal, Zora felt even more exhausted than she was after climbing the Sky Towers. Was all of this necessary to put in place when you all weaseled your way into power? Zora groaned. You scientists and engineers have always thought you were more important than everyone else, given the rumors from the old earth. I guess this was your chance to prove it. Another scuff resounded from Vlad, and then a chuckle. You act like I was there when these decisions were made hundreds of years ago. Are you not a techie like the rest of them? Zora shot back. Of course I am, Vlad hoarsely replied, grinning to see Zora's eyes roll further back than usual. It would be remiss of anyone with such an opportunity to not take the royal classes in the workings of this world. Knowledge sustains power. It can also destroy it. Zora's voice was dark enough for the grin to vanish from Vlad's face. He gave her an inquisitive look, somewhat inviting yet somewhat threatening. Zora continued, How is it that no one has asked why I am here? Aren't you curious as to why I would take the thousand platform climb to return to this hellhole of a place that you all see as heaven? So this wasn't about being reunited with Jada once more, Vlad replied sarcastically. Don't think for a moment I am high off your sisterly love, but I was willing to offer a little patience for you and Jada to have a reunion of sorts before we got down to business. I am happy to accelerate that. Why are you here? Zora flashed a triumphant grin. Let's keep you guessing for now until you can facilitate a proper and private reunion for Jada and me. Then, and only then, I promise to reveal my intentions. Zora could have sworn she saw the tiniest flicker of fear cross Vlad's eyes. Consider it arranged, he pensively responded. A gong signaled a visitor at the door of Jada's home. A servant went out to answer it while Jada and Milo sat in the Skyview balcony. They'd both been quiet, lost in their thoughts and afraid to reveal their true feelings. Instead, they waited patiently for time to pass as the midday sun slowly took its place in the center of the sky. When the servant returned with an immediate lunch invitation in the palace, Jada and Milo mindlessly recoiled at the abnormal nature of the event. Shouldn't they be preparing for the ceremony? Milo questioned before Jada caught her breath. Plus, Jada tried to recover, Legis isn't available now. The servant, who had just turned away, paused uncomfortably and then explained, The invitation was only for you. It was issued by Lady Tamina. Milo's eyes widened as Jada's heart flipped in her chest. This, had it been Zora's idea, was dangerous. Had it been Vlad's, perhaps he had a plan. Still, he didn't know about Jada's new complication. Milo continued to stare at Jada, awaiting her decision. Then, the junior offered, You can't exactly turn down an invitation from the palace. Jada already knew that. She had a much bigger challenge. If she went without Milo, after the High Priestess Elian's explicit orders, she would draw far more suspicion to herself and what she might know. Jada took a deep breath and mustered a nervous smile at Milo. I guess we better go see what she wants. The excitement on Milo's face was enough to tell Jada that she'd made the right choice. 
the junior's walls lowered immediately, babbling about the irregularities they'd noticed with Tamina's sudden appearance and how much she appreciated Jada's loyalty to the Order in helping her do her job. Jada graciously agreed. I must keep Milo close, for Zora's sake. As they entered the private dining room in the wing that Vlad and Zora occupied, Milo gasped at the massive spread of gourmet foods, drinks, and desserts fitting for a party of ten. Instead, only three place settings were laid out, with Vlad and Zora already seated at theirs. They stood upon C and Jada, who bowed almost to the ground, but then they grew increasingly cold at the sudden sight of a bowing Milo just behind her. Vlad glared cuttingly at Milo. I believe Tamina requested a private lunch. What is she? This is Milo, Jada hurriedly interrupted as she rose. Our assigned junior priestess from the Order. She's going to be an incredible resource for Legis and me as we navigate your protection and the Force's presence in the realms. It is only her first day with us and I didn't want to abandon her, leaving her all alone at my home. I also think it would be lovely for her to enjoy some of this beautiful spread that seems far beyond what all three of us could conquer in a sitting. Is it okay for her to stay? Jada shot Vlad and Zora a telling look, desperate for them to understand the necessity of her request. Thankfully, they both did, but it was Zora who surprised Jada with her suddenly regal response. My dear child, of course you may join us. I will signal for another placing to be made immediately. Vlad held back his laugh at Zora's quick study of royal ways. Still, he felt angered by the order's clear imposition on Jada. He couldn't imagine how stifled she must have felt on top of everything else they'd all gone through over the past day. To have a spy placed in her home, it just wasn't right. He'd play along as he knew how, but he wasn't going to let this go. Oddly, however, the mood of the luncheon was unaffected. Milo eased into the background, allowing them to exchange pleasantries and share laughs about the night before. Vlad brought up the crazy dance that Jada and Zora did, easing the impression their familiarity must have made by adding... Isn't it amazing what a little wine can do for us all, the unity we can feel despite our social places? Glancing at Milo, Jada saw no notes of suspicion on her face. Instead, Milo seemed quite fascinated, especially by Vlad, and who could blame her? Vlad's tall, muscular body was clad in a formal royal suit, white with gold trimmings that dazzled against his olive skin. His piercing, light brown eyes matched Jada's, but his jet black hair was a stark contrast to her wispy brown layers. When he spoke, his deep voice was commanding yet sultry. Vlad seemed to know he had Milo's attention. Her little crush vaguely amused him, her being such a young girl of no status in his eyes, but he soon decided to see it as an opportunity to keep Milo's interest away from Jada and Zora. Thus, now and then, he flashed a little smile almost in Milo's direction but never quite at her. Jada couldn't help but swoon at his caring choices. Yet, when Vlad finally graced Milo with a direct smile that sent a swoosh of redness over the junior's face, Jada scoffed to herself. He doesn't have to distract her that much. Jada didn't perceive her unfounded jealousy as it unfolded, but Zora did. Ever observant and unimpressed by Jada's love interests in general, Zora saw the opportunity Vlad had created to whisk Jada away while Milo melted in his presence. Jada! I'd love to show you the place I've chosen for the garden I've decided to grow on my balcony, Zora began. Well, that the servants will grow for me, she quickly added a little haughtiness to her tone. Milo, I know you haven't finished eating yet, but would you like to join us, or would you be happier staying to eat dessert with our fine ruler here? Milo instantly agreed to stay. 
Jada wanted to oppose, but knew that would be irrational. Vlad wasn't even remotely serious in his accommodation. Still, when Jada heard him saying, Tell me about yourself, Bello. What is it like to be a junior priestess? As she and Zora left the room, she audibly scuffed again. You need to stop doing that, Zora gave her a little shove after checking that no one was in the hallway. Your green monster is showing. What? Jada gasped. No, I am a happily married woman. Sure you are, Zora emphatically replied while rushing Jada to her new room. Before Jada could strengthen her defense, the sight of the luxury Zora now owned under her false pretense took her breath away. Every inch of Zora's room dripped in gold, with the softest silk linens and beautifully carved sculptures creating an oasis around the mini trees and exotic plants in the room. The balcony had the makings of a small, controlled forest, with lilies floating in a strange dipping pool. How is this possible? Jada gushed. Royals and their technology, of course, Zora laughed then jumped back into her bed on a mattress that flounced with feathery softness. You know you want to, Zora sang. Jada laughed and leapt on the bed, squealing with Zora as they bounced up and down like the little girls they once were. When they'd had their fill of glee, they crashed down next to each other, joined at the heads with their bodies splitting like an arrowhead. Sighing, they turned to face each other for a vulnerable moment of silent sharing. Every, where were you? And how are you really? echoed in their eyes as tears filled them. They embraced without reservation, little sobs escaping their lips. You know we don't have much time, Zora eventually started as Jada nodded. They could not keep Milo waiting too long. But I needed to tell you first, Zora continued, that my presence here isn't just for you. I've been assigned a mission from the Earth colonies based on intelligence we received of the Order's intent to destroy us. A mission? Jada questioned. As in... You're some sort of soldier? More like a commander, actually, Zora explained. But for this mission, I was also the team lead. I took three of my bravest and best soldiers with me to ascend. We lost one. My best friend, Raya. Zora's voice broke. She died with the first shocker, and that was my fault. We had access to a kind of drug to help us withstand the shockwaves, but I was worried about the side effects. I didn't let her take it in time. I'm so sorry, Jada said softly. She gently brushed away a tear from Zora's face as she connected the dots on Zora's survival of the balcony shocker. But my mission, Zora continued, is to free the Sky Colonies from the lies they've come to believe. While Jael has been awakening some late in life, like Vlad, there are rumors of a few other cities besides us who exist in the Sky Calls, those who have heard Jael's voice from birth but have had to hide it. Their ability, and ours, to open a connection to Jael is two-way, if they develop the spiritual strength to achieve this. But we've also heard that the Order has captured at least one of them. They torture him to hear what Jael has spoken. Jada's eyes widened with panic and denial. But why would they need to do that? Jada, no one from the Order has heard Jael's voice for at least a century. What? Jada's volume climbed. I know, it is the greatest deception, all for their power. The royals don't even know this, but I believe they suspect it. My mission is to free the captured city and find the others so that we can put an end to the age of the order and allow Jael to reign once again. Before Jada could ask anything else, Zora reminded her, We must go back to the luncheon. We've taken too long as it is, but don't worry. We will find a way to speak again. Vlad will make sure of it. Jada nodded numbly, rising from the bed and following Zora back to the dining room. The events of the past 24 hours had stripped her of everything she'd ever thought was true. 
A part of her wondered if anything was worth believing in anymore. How could it be possible that the Order had lied to everyone for over a hundred years so that they could keep their position over the cities? Even worse, they'd lied and said Jael had instructed the annihilation of the Earth colonies and they were going to flog and execute anyone who disobeyed. All that torture and death promised in Jael's name, yet not a single priest or priestess could hear Jael's voice. A wave of righteous anger rose in Jada. She entered the dining room churning with that rage, oblivious to Milo's flirting with Vlad as she giggled at the last comment he'd made. None of that mattered to Jada anymore. Only one thing did, helping Zora fulfill her mission. We should go, Jada firmly stated. We should leave you both to prepare for the ceremony. Milo jumped to her feet as if caught in an act of sin, stammering her gratitude for Vlad and Zora's graciousness in allowing her to stay. Vlad and Zora walked Jada to the door with Milo taking a final sip of wine before intending to follow a few steps behind. Suddenly, Giles' voice whispered through the air, touching Jada, Zora, and Vlad as it always did with a little jerked reaction. Free, my servant, were her only words. Jada and Zora exchanged a knowing look, raising Vlad's suspicions that they knew what Giles meant. A crash sounded from behind them as Milo dropped her goblet with a cry. Jada, Zora, and Vlad turned towards her as terror arrested the junior's face. What was that? Milo stuttered. You all heard that. I know you did. You jumped when you heard it. I heard it too. Wait. Was that Jael? That's her voice. Oh my goodness. I heard Jael's voice, but... Milo's eyes narrowed and then widened as she stared at them all, dumbfounded. You heard it too, 